to a special episode of Pillow Talk with Mark and B, the podcast where we just hoot, toot, and holler. Today we have a special guest. His name is Justin. I'm going to get a uh, big Yahoo from my Canadaland brothers. Yeah. Yahoo. That's nice. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome, Justin. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm doing all right yourself? Not too bad. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, well, thanks for having me be a fun conversation like uh i i i haven't met you before but you and b have been talking a little bit and there's yeah. rumors there's murmuring so i can't get to can't wait to hear the full story yeah so maybe let's even get into that because like you've you listened to lorehammer far before pillow talk ever came out right way, yeah. how, way did, too much. how <laughs> did you first hear about lorehammer how did you kind of like come to hear about pillow talk well, I uh, I can't even remember. I think I saw something on Instagram for Lorehammer, and then I was like, oh, man, I really want to get into the lore. And, well, one thing led to another, and then I was sucked in, and now you've never leave. Yeah, yeah. So now here I am. And I remember <laughs> listening to you be on, like, some Dark Elf episode. They were trying to explain it to the girls or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, That's a classic, that one. Yeah, really. Yeah, I, it. So if anybody's listening, they should go listen to that. One of my favorite reviews I've ever read for Lorehammer it was on Reddit, and it was not a good review, but it was, uh, I tried this podcast, but I didn't like the lineup. It was your stereotypical host, funny guy, useless guy that gets talked over, and a chick. <laughs> it was just, and I remember the exact episode you're talking about, and yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Some guys just don't like that. <laughs> Some girls yeah. just only want that. What can't please everybody? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was funny because we just did a depravity episode, and you had mentioned this forty k thing and how it's like eerily similar to the path that we're going down. Very, yeah, yeah. It lots. You weren't the only one who said something either. We got a handful of messages of people saying the same thing where it's like, this is very eerily similar of the Eldar. <laughs> yeah. Lots of debauchery. Yeah. And even with like, uh, we're going to do a quick 40K talk here since we're both 40K guys. Um, I find with like anything you can glean knowledge from and 40K has its own mythos and like, just like, you can take stuff from Greek mythos or Viking mythos. Uh, there are lessons in 40K mythos as well. And one of the big ones is, yeah, the fall of the Eldar civilization. And it's basically the story of, you know, a race that eventually gets so uh, powerful that it spreads across the galaxy. And then it gets so technologically advanced that it no longer has to work because machines do all of its job. And then they're able to fulfill their artsy whims. And, you know, at first it starts delicate and small. You know, they're just painting pictures. But then eventually it evolves into blood orgies. And, like, you know, the 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 thing about debauchery is there's always a fucking another step. It's never enough for the human never mind. You always want more. Yeah. Next thing it's babies and eating goats and just gross now. <laughs> Eating goats is particularly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I was talking to my dad last night and he said something so interesting. Um, we're basically kind of talking. I'm like, dad, do you like, do you think it's the end times? Like as a Christian? 
And, you know, he gave me the the correct answer. Like, you know, no one knows when when Jesus is coming or whatever the, the correct answer. The Bible says no one can tell. But then what he said that was really important was he's like, you are always in the end times if you're not doing the right thing. If good people aren't doing the right thing, you are always on that line of the end of it. 100%. Yeah, totally. My parents growing up, I grew up in a really Christian family. So my parents are always like, you know what? We're in the end times. And, you know, it's now 35 years later. And, oh, no, he's coming. He's coming. Um, <laughs> well, 40K end times are like 10,000 yeah. years long. So it's kind of. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just it's it's crazy. So let's let's all try to live better, I think, is the quick takeaway. <laughs> yeah, start having some like morals and. You know, something to stand on, I think. Yeah. Not just whatever we want. Man, here's some interesting questions. I don't want to go too deep onto this, but if you had like, you know, three morals that you kind of live your life by or a handful of principles or whatever, could you define it pretty easily, pretty quickly? Yeah. Honesty, integrity, and truth. Always. Wow. I like that. I like that. quick too. Yeah. No, I like that. Like you ask some people and it doesn't, they can't. They can't do it. Um, I like that. Yeah. I thought that this episode would be interesting to do because I was talking to somebody yesterday and well, the other day, I guess, about like all of my chickens. And she was like, are you going to kill them? And I'm very like, I hang out with my chickens. They sit on me. They cuddle me. If I sit down anywhere in the yard, they all run and then they just kind of chill. And so I was like, yeah, of course. I'm like, you can't just waste meat like this. Like, that's crazy. And she was like, oh my God, I could never, I could never. Oh my God, you can't cuddle them and then kill them and blah, blah, blah. And my whole thing is like, I can't, I can't, I don't know how to justify sticking them in a corner for their whole lives just to make me feel better about killing them in the end. And then there's such a detachment. And I mean, we've talked about this a lot on various episodes about like outsourcing life-saving things and just like the gruesome sides of life that you just don't get to see anymore and therefore it impacts your ability to compute the gruesome reality of life and so I figured we've been homesteading for a year now because yeah it's been a year on the island tomorrow and yeah wild like wild I didn't know that I could raise chickens and to be honest um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you've gotten a whole like play-by-play throughout the last yeah. months of this so but so a lot too. like tell me about you like wife kids how old are you tell tell the tell the audience a little bit about justin so i'm 35 i have a wife her name is kira she's friggin awesome she uh we have seven kids together seven and yeah 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 <laughs> seven wow so it's pretty busy yeah it's busy um our youngest is what two months and then a year old and 11 13 15 9 and 10 like they're all over the place busy busy (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, yeah yeah so you just went hard on the children you just went like gotta reproduce (laughs) yeah well i'd like more but you know, I don't think uh, I don't think that's in our books anymore. Yeah. So that's OK. Yeah. You don't uh, want to get greedy, you know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I luck and have friggin what do they call those quintuplets. 
<laughs> Could you imagine? My goodness. No. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> um, I and then, you. like I mentioned, you're from Canada land. You're from the motherland itself. Where do you live? Uh, I live just outside Sherwood Park in Alberta. Yeah. So, like, what? Like two and a half hours from Calgary if you drive right. Well, yeah. If you're driving, if you're driving like a Calgarian, it's probably about four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> from up here, it's probably three. You know. Hmm. <laughs> <Here it goes. laughs> um. Okay. Well, should we tell them? No, we're not even going to get into. I talk shit about Edmonton, but I'm sure you hear it enough. It's. <laughs> We're going to get you out of there soon enough, so you don't need to hear it. <laughs> so you live on a farm. How long have you been farming? Like, have you Tell us about your farm history. Well, I've only been farming for about 17 years. And <laughs> I grew up, I grew up out on an acreage. We had like one acre. I remember picking weeds as soon as I could walk. And that was all I did was just pick weeds, pick weeds. Probably <laughs> why I don't like yard work anymore. Yeah, um, there. I'm gonna blame my mom for that. Thanks, mom. <laughs> I love you for that. And uh, so, yeah, I've been working on a farm for yeah, about that long. And I'm sensing got... like a, a theme with you, and you're not very good with numbers. You're like only seven children, only yeah. 17 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not one of them book reading sorts. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time, man. Like that is so much knowledge. I. I even just think about how much I've learned on in the last year and I'm not even doing like farming, you know, like I got, I got some chickens and that's not much, but there's so much information in your head right now. It's crazy. Useful well, information. Well, I don't know about that, but you definitely know where not to put your fingers. Sure. <laughs> Which is, I hear something that you should probably know. Well, yeah, I've, I haven't lost any yet. I've cut a couple off, but they're still there. So I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> my god okay so then how did you kind of get into the farming aspect after the acres? well uh let's see i as a young adult i made some you know being a young stupid kid i was doing electrical work tin bashing plumbing framing renovations then one day my dad came up to me and he, he said hey uh looking for some farm work i know a guy he goes to our church and i said okay well let's go let's do it and the first day i was out there we were hanging 12 foot rough cut two by sixes and they were friggin heavy and i remember being hotter than africa out there <laughs> and he uh he's kept me ever since so it was good cool I, yeah amazing what what kind of farm is it so it's a cow calf farm do some oats mostly hay there's only I don't know, about 200 acres of oats. So just enough to seed for next year and to feed the cows. Yeah, and, just uh, we, one of those only numbers again. Yeah, yeah, it's something <laughs> like that, right? Really <laughs> and we cut about, I don't know, 500 acres of hay every every year. So it's enough to keep you busy. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. How many cows, calves do you have? And forgive uh, me don't get the lingo on farm life because a i think i've lost my canadian accent a little bit yeah you don't you kind of sound like uh not you don't you don't have that a anymore <laughs> yeah and i definitely notice it when people do have the a <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah how many animals altogether? 
so there's 250. Uh, we just had about 78 calves this past month, I think. So whatever the math is on that, you know, I'm no good with numbers. 304 something, maybe. Who knows? Man. Uh, yeah. So, and then, you know, there's seven horses and cats and it's, it's quite the busy place. Do they yeah. have chickens? He doesn't have chickens. We had 13 chickens this last year and then it got really cold and we had to, uh, we had to get rid of them. So, or they yeah. just throw. That's a good question. Like, so we, you got like 78 calves. How many like cattle deaths did you have? How is it very like this year, Um, so normally you do about ten percent is gonna die just off the bat. That way if you know less dies, it's good. Okay, um, so our chicken math was on a little wrong. We're at like fifty percent casualties here. <laughs> I'm doing some forty K numbers now, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's not that bad for a genocide, right? Like no, no. We're working bad. on it. We're making yeah, progress. We'll get, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> Yeah, usually, usually 10%, 10, 20%. Interesting. You can expect to die. Yeah. And if it doesn't, great. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the goal. <laughs> that's the goal. Yeah, that's, that is the goal. You're right. So have you always just worked on cows or have there been other, like, I don't know, goats and things, livestock throughout the years? So we had, like, I personally had, I think we had 20 goats at one point. And it was a lot to manage mess around because they only eat a certain grass and we have all this crap grass but they're real fun to watch and we had this one guy Gary he uh he was always horny for the goats so he'd piss on his face and he'd run around and and then he'd try to come up to you and he'd bonk you with his head and you just smell like goat piss all day and it was great yeah God. that sounds Wonderful. great no it was horrible I was wondering about whether I should get sheep or goats. Goats are great. Sheep are good too, but depends how much how much abuse you want. <laughs> That's mean, what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I should just get sheep, right? Well, I think you should get both and see which ones you like. Okay. And then eat the one yeah. we don't like. Oh my god, I yeah, love exactly. Yeah. I'm already like lamb <laughs> dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay um what's an animal that you've always wanted to do on the farm or wanted to have but never had the opportunity and what's one that you would like never in a million years that's a very good well i want to get pigs because pork is so friggin' expensive up here um and they're real easy to take care of you just throw them in a pen and they'll just eat things eat whatever you throw at them so animal like, dies just throw them a body it. right like <laughs> i hear that in especially in canada they that's the way to do bone it. like butter yeah <laughs> and what do they eat exactly like literally anything oh yeah they'll eat batteries oh. <laughs> they, they eat human like that guy in uh bc used to feed all those people yeah mm -hmm. was there was a guy in Saskatchewan too pig picton or something yeah. picton that's right yeah. <laughs> and then hell the hillbillies get I got yeah. a family of pig farmers, so I know about some of those kind. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So bad. Yeah, we bought a neighbor too who had a bunch of pigs in like this little thing, and I was like, hmm. Interesting. Um, what's your least 
and most favorite chore on the farm? I don't think we got the animal you don't oh, want even. Yeah, give me the animal you don't want. Llama? <gasps> Why not? <laughs> My friend had some llamas. Many years ago, we stumbled across about 200 llamas. And uh, they don't they don't run like cows. They uh, If you yell at them, they'll just sit down and look at you and just... <laughs> They were like, what are you doing? <laughs> so we're trying to get these animals on this uh, trailer. And this guy, Chris, I'm, I know he's probably not going to listen. But anyways, he's behind this thing. And it looks like he's trying to breed with it while he's getting this thing in there. <laughs> it was uh, it was quite the fiasco. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, that's a classic farm story, that one. If it yeah. does that in some type of animal fuckery. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah rowdy what a rowdy time i worked on a farm well it was more like a it was like a horse ranch type thing and the whole like the it was aimed towards kids that were recovering from trauma and stuff and oh, my yeah. job was to just run the horses so i had it pretty easy but the things that happened on a day-to-day basis in that farm was just wild like anything could happen and you just never know so crazy horse winds up on a building what the (laughs) (laughs) um what's your most favorite and least favorite chore Uh, chore oh i don't know they're all they all suck they all suck but uh, i I like feeding animals that's fun you get to drive a tractor and bust out bales it's warm in the winter when it's minus 50 up here Nice. And uh, cutting strings would probably be the worst because you freeze your friggin' hands off. <laughs> yeah, for sure. My goodness. That so, was another question that I had because, like, in Panama, I I just have kind of, like, one season, realistically. And so I can plant anything at any time. It all just kind of grows. But you actually have to deal with the seasons. Yeah, it sucks. Especially because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so dry up here right now. Oh my God, are you dealing with the fires? How close are they? Uh, there is a fire, I don't know, about a kilometer away from our place, May 6th. Everybody got evacuated and down, I don't know, half a mile away. So, but too bad now. Is it still everybody safe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, just a little bit of property damage. Nobody, nobody got hurt, thankfully. Wild. Um, what would you say is the most like overwhelming part of farming that you like kind of didn't expect and that people who like want to start this like should know about? Money. You have to have money. If you're not, if you don't know somebody who can give you hay for a good price or, you know, just buying animals, it's all about the money. So, uh, and you know, you gotta, you gotta work. You gotta be up real early and work real late be prepared for it what's your typical day when does it start when does it end i get up around six and go work and then if it's the summertime i'll cut until i don't know 11 o'clock whenever it gets dark and get home and do it all over again wow okay can you give us day in the life like what are your do you have a day in the life a typical routine that you follow or does it change it just goes with the season so like because yeah like you said there would be that season where you're just cutting fields day after day for 12 hours straight yeah yeah that's about it just wake up and (laughs) see oh it's a little dewy out so let's work on some equipment or 
yeah. just go check cows or and then you just cut hay until it starts getting the dewy again and <laughs> go home and do it again yeah wild i i did a little bit of combine harvesting not much but uh yes you know it was fun for the first 20 minutes <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then everything starts to seem like it's all blending in and you lose where you are yeah. up coming towards you. Yeah. yeah. So, Oh, here's an interesting question we didn't write down. So you've been in it for 17 years. How much has like technology changed in this course of time? Cause even just combines now it's like, you can get automated ones. Oh yeah. No. So we don't use any fancy stuff. It's all old school. Like, you got to look out the window and make sure your lines line up or you're going to have a big chunk of seed yeah. that's or chunk of field that's not seeded. But yeah, well, well, like you said, it's all about money, man. To do this, you have to have money. Those combines are hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, yeah, yeah it's crazy. So yeah. and we don't don't make enough money farming anymore anyways. Right. So, yeah, yeah it's sad. Like uh, even just my uncles, like my grandpa came from Germany and like he worked on a pig farm and then bought that pig farm. And then, you know, it, he grew that pig farm, gave it to my uncles. And then just a handful of years ago, they had to stop pig farming and just do crops because, yeah, you, it's too expensive. You can't do it. Yeah, it's sad. Like all these small time farmers are just going to they're going to go away. Yeah. That's so yeah, sad. Do you see a lot of like community interaction when it comes to like different resources now that everything's getting more expensive, especially because you kind of live in that farming community? Well, you see some people like, you know, people who know people who have like a little better shot on hay or whatever, but it's, it's, it's all the same, really. Like nothing, the prices for meat, like to sell a cow, it's still the same, but right. cost or raisin. So yes, yeah. you get the short end of the stick and that's just how it is. Sometimes that's how it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, seven kids. Do you feel like it's beneficial to have kids on a farm? Do you feel like they're a little <laughs> scarred? Do you feel like they're tougher? How do you feel like that's gone? Well, I sure hope they turn out tougher. Um, they will. I don't, I don't want them to be, I want them to grow up with good work ethic and say, Hey, I remember this one time when I was a kid and my mom made me pick weeds. It really sucked. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's it's good. They can learn how to grow things and you know, hopefully one day they can take that knowledge and apply it somewhere else. Yeah. Like even if they go move to a city, like they probably will always have a little garden or something, you know. Yeah, or like even a plant and it doesn't die every two, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I think it's so important. Like I just uh I just grew up around my cousins and they would they were farmers and they're they're a different type. They were rough and hardy and just like they're strong and reliable. Yeah, well that's that's the hope, you know, get them to throw a couple thousand square bales and see how they turn out. That's, yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. You don't have to try to talk them out of doing drugs if they are just fucking broken. <laughs> yeah, right? Like you can't walk. Well, come on. Yeah. Don't have to worry about them going far. <laughs> yeah, go to sleep do it all over again tomorrow yeah. yeah i when i was recruiting or i mean when i was working at the first engineering firm i had been involved in some of the hiring and we had this like point system 
based on their resume. And if they came from a, par- a farm, they automatically were like up in points. And I asked why. And they said, because farmers are always more hardworking. Like they have, they're used to getting it done and just being there until the job's done. Like you've got cutoffs, you've got deadlines. Yeah. So you just being you and having your experience puts you up a few notches. <laughs> oh, well, if you could see my resume, it'd be great. <laughs> um let's talk about kira for a sec okay because that sounds like a rowdy life to have you know a husband who at some points in the year with seven kids happening um and like all of the implications that kind of come with that a brand new baby and whatever comes with that like how does she survive what does she think about farm life well, she's definitely a way stronger human being than I will ever be. And I give her credit for that. Um, I, I would pull my hair out and I don't think you'd ever find me again. Um, <laughs> she's uh, she's a pretty amazing woman. Uh, she she knew what she was getting into. She wants to have some land of her own. And, you know, we talked about it when we first started dating that, hey, like this is this is what I want. And she said, well, yeah, OK, sure, let's do that. Well, here we are. So, yeah. How have you two been together? We've been together for four years. Nice. Okay, okay. And what's it, like, how would she describe being with a farmer? Uh, Tiring, I think. Mm -hmm. Because she's got a lot of the work at home, and, you know, I'll come home and be tired, and try to do my best, and then I'm gone, and yeah. Yeah, she's uh she's definitely the the anchor that holds us together, I think. Amazing. Yeah. You look like you're about to say something. Oh, I'm just farmers, man. You're all just fucking a cut above like, yeah. And if you don't get up and do it, it just it compounds a problem. Well, and it's wild too because it not just it doesn't just affect your employer. In the long run, if everybody, especially in this generation where they just like don't normalize actual real productive like jobs, they just want to be like Instagram influencers, um, especially in this time and age, there's just like if it if it if you guys don't do it, it doesn't get done. And then people don't eat like yeah. so in the long run, people don't eat. <laughs> and so I feel like the value of farmers is just so underrated. Same with truckers, yeah. but we know how that went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's it's definitely uh hey look i gotta wake up if i don't do this today then i'm gonna have to do it twice tomorrow and if i don't do it tomorrow then i'm gonna have to, and it just builds up right so it's yeah. just a part of life it's a little yeah. tougher but i enjoy it uh, on the one hand like i do like getting up with purpose and stuff and like yeah you know there. Yeah, it, it's good work. It's honest work. And like, yeah, getting up and doing some of those shitty jobs while you describe them as shitty, they're sometimes kind of okay, though. You know? Well, they're so fulfilling, I think. Speaking of shitty jobs, we're getting it into the shitty part of farming. So, like I said, there's a lot more death when it comes to like raising animals than I expected. Even I think it was you that I was talking about getting a turkey with and you were like, you got to be careful. You got to get a certain number. For sure, they're going to die. For sure, they're not going to die. Like all these like crazy things. And there's no turkey on this property. I got scared. <laughs> um, but let's talk about like kind of the 
sad reality though it's the reality of life and farming you've been obviously 17 years you've seen a lot of death right oh yeah lots unfortunately you know it's half of it you eat and half of it you just kind of get rid of but yeah uh i think i think the first animal no i better not say it because i'm gonna get you're gonna get yelled at if i do but no no um, no. let's hear it let's hear it i was a young child and i remember our dog was getting real old my dad took me up up the road to old man whitson's place because he never had a gun and he said well if you're gonna be a man you got to take care of this i said well you know i'm a little kid like come on dad i don't want to i had to shoot old yeller so yeah that was my very first memory of like death yeah, that is that's a strong memory, man. That is probably like that shapes you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope it shaped me good, but yeah, yeah. No, like death is a part of life. Like, uh, even if you're not farming, so like we moved to this island, and like there's no, there's no one around but us. So we had a little kitten die like within the first month of being here, and it's one of those things where it's like. We can't even take it to the vet to see what's wrong, really. And yeah, because then, at the time we didn't have a boat. Well, yeah, and like it, it all happened in like the course of a day too. So yeah, it was like so quick. But it's one of those things where like, no, death is like a part of everyday life. Everything lives and dies, and like it's sometimes even the beauty of it. You know, it makes life finite, makes the moment special. But yeah, makes you grab what you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, so that was your, did you shoot it or somebody, yeah. you watched no, it? No, I did with old man Whitson's gun. Oh my God. That's... What kind of gun was it? <laughs> oh, I just like a little twenty two or something. Like, I mustn't have been older than Fuck. maybe eight, maybe. Man, I read books about this kind of stuff. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> That's crazy. You just traumatized eighteen people. Okay, so then when's the first? Yeah. Yeah. What's the first time you saw? Because then, like, obviously you bury the dog, but what's the first time you saw an animal get slaughtered? And how did you kind of justify that in your mind, seeing it happen, and then eating it, and then being able to kind of go and work with cows the next day? I think the first time, the first time I ever saw something slaughtered, like we used to, we used to shoot things as kids all the time, like squirrels and. You know, there was no birds around here for probably 20 years because we shot them all. <laughs> um, oh, I don't I don't really rem- I think the first big animal I ever slaughtered was probably out at the farm. And it was a cow shot it in the head. And then you just, you know, without getting too graphic, you got to bleed it out and hang it and skin it and pull everything out. and Let it let it hang for a couple of days. You know, but. I, I've been around that kind of stuff, I guess, my whole life with shooting animals. and Yeah. I hear, like, one of the worst parts about that, surprisingly, is just the smell. Yeah, the smell isn't bad. It's it's the it's the fat that gets on you when oh. you're going in and, like, trying to cut the skin off. You get all this fat on you. Well, especially because beef, like, cows are so big, so you're, like, in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like face first in there trying to get everything out <laughs> what was I love the it. surprising part the most surprising part he liked it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i stopped at animals though so it's okay um, <laughs> the most it's i think it's if you feed them and you love them they taste better 
That's <gasps> the most. Wow. Yeah, I'm so happy you said that. <laughs> yeah. And like, I think that's the thing about farming. Like it's gruesome. It's messy. And like, no one can be for factory farming. Like that's a crazy thing, you know? But like, yeah, when you have this bond with the animal, they're out in the field, they're loved and cared for. And like, it's a different thing, man. They know it. Their meat's better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even we butchered a cow last year and uh, we filled our freezer up with it just ground, ground it all up. But you go to the store and it's all just like grease and gross. And yeah, you yeah. got to cook the that we have a little longer because it's a little more chunky. But, you know, whatever. I've found too that like even especially around here because there's no chemicals and stuff in the little tiny like stores that we buy things on like this is just like families bringing it from their backyard and because it's organic they don't look as appealing as it would in a store like they're not perfectly round they're not like and you almost want that now I'm like at a point where it's like I almost want that because then I know it's safe but it tastes yeah the GMO was no GMOs. They're bad for you, apparently. Yeah. Um, I also feel like there's this huge misconception about farmers because, like you said, like I feel like especially living with these animals, it's so hard not to have this connection with them. And people think that every farmer just kind of goes around, slaughters their animals without a second thought. And <laughs> but I found that farmers are some of the most compassionate, loving like intentionally emotionally connected with these animals can you shed some light on that well um all i know is i remember reading a post from some guy on instagram a little while back and he's a cattle farmer and he he basically they said oh you know you're you're a murderer you do this you do that and said listen i'm pretty sure i feed these animals better than i feed my kids because they bring me in money and it's true, like, you don't want these animals to look sickly when you take them to market or even when you eat them. So you got to treat them really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, well, business is business. And if you sell shitty product, yeah, it doesn't pay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you ever slaughtered a chicken? <laughs> I have. Oh, my times, God. Yeah. Guess what I'm doing? Well, I technically guess, it would have been done already. Yeah, when this actually comes out on <laughs> Sunday, I will have done it. On Saturday, I'm I'm slaughtering my own chickens, which makes oh, it like before the year mark, and I'm so excited. And yeah, what do I need to know? Tell me everything. Well, just be prepared for lots of feathers. Yeah. Do they stick to are you? you? Are you are you gonna kill it? Like no. Okay, so it's wild. So we have like the our yard guy has been working on this land for like 20 years. And so he's so nice. He he speaks English, so it's so helpful because he teaches us all of the stuff. He makes fun of me all the time, too, because I have, like, a dull machete or I'm just, like, climbing <laughs> a tree like an idiot or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, he can he cuts wood with um a chainsaw into perfect cuts that you would, like, build houses with. And, like, he's just so good at just, like, the Panamanian survival thing. So I'm going to get the Panamanian real world, this is how we do it in the wild kind of experience. And yeah, he's gonna show us. But Good. I want to kill That's it. Like funny. I want to do everything myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you I can't think... be scared of blood. No, that's yeah. fine. I think okay. the game plan is we got four roosters that we're gonna do that I day. Think we're taking all of them. He wants all of them. He said just go. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Just okay. Go. So ten all together, which is Yeah, that's a lot. 
that's a lot of food. That's good. Yeah, make sure you fatten them up a lot, right? Give them lots of nice feed, and you know, pet them a couple times, and just walk away. <laughs> Wait, you feed them before you like kill them? I would give them a little last. Doesn't that make? Do they not defecate when they die? No, no everything. But you want to yeah. you want to kind of fatten them up before they before they die before you kill them. Okay, good to know. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so, hmm, cool. So just feathers. Do they like stick to you? Like what? Yeah, well, you got to watch out for the small ones if you're plucking them by hand, and they'll stick to you. And if you have blood on you, then I, yeah, it's it's real fun time though. I swear, you'll, <laughs> you'll love it. you'll love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there'll be a video. I, I'm just like picturing what the vibe's gonna be over there if he's gonna be playing some like Spanish like. <laughs> like you know like yeah 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 what exactly is the routine yeah wild i'm excited yeah of course everybody's gonna get an update you're probably gonna get like a live play-by-play sorry so stay tuned on saturday yeah. it's gonna be wild um okay, so let's i mean it's pillow talk with mark and b so let's talk about like personal growth and some of the benefits that you see that farm life has had on you as an individual, as a man, as a father, how do you feel like it's impacted your life? Well, I think, you know, I started when I was a little younger and it kind of made me give my head a shake and say, Hey, you know, stop, stop dicking around and start doing something right with your life. And, uh, you know, it gave me a reason to get up in the morning, especially with all these children. I don't have to deal with them as much. (laughs) That's a joke. It's just a joke. Just a joke. Um, I didn't I know she's going to listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it uh, it makes me, you know, I'm a, I'm a stubborn person. Stubborn. I'm I'm strong willed by heart, and it definitely makes me want to persevere more. And uh, I take that into you know my my family life. And if something's going wrong, I try to stay calm and persevere to to get what I want out of it. So. Yeah, I think that's what I don't know. That's a that's a very deep question. Very deep. And I like you feel like farming keeps you tied to reality. I think that farming definitely keeps me tied to reality. Um, especially with the way the world is. You can see things from nature and go, you know, like, yeah, you know, things like I looked out the other day at the at the lake and it's probably gone down sixty or seventy feet. And you know, that's a lot of water gone. So how do you deal with that? Um, but again, you just have to find a solution and keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, that that's it, man. Like, uh, you just keep tackling one problem at a time as they come up and you just get in your mind, you know there's going to be problems, but you just keep going at it, whatever. Yeah. Do you feel like everybody should have a farm? And how do you feel about hobby farms? <laughs> Should everybody have a farm? Yeah, like, do you feel like it would just like make people better people? <laughs> a lot of dead animals out there, out of uh, neglect and like miscare. Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think some people should for sure. Um, <laughs> a lot of it's a lot of hard work, but the outcome is definitely worth it. You know, you get food. You don't have to go to the store. You don't have to rely on the government to feed you. Um. As for hobby farms, yeah, I think people should totally have them. Why not get get twenty chickens and 
you know, 500 sheep and, you know, two cows and yeah, totally. I think that would be great. So I'm all about credentials, you know, as many accolades as I can possibly stack on myself. I've been trying to get like the admiral for boats. Like (laughs) the question is like, at what point does a hobby farm become a real farm? Where's that tipping point that I'm looking at? Is it a thing? Where you stop enjoying it, I think. <laughs> that's that's when it becomes a real farm. Oh, okay, so I'm nowhere close. <laughs> you, know, you know what? It's it all depends on what you want to do. Like, do you want to yeah, yeah. do you want to be able to have meat and food, or do you want to make money off of it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and realistically, like you said it yourself like we the goal is to not rely on the government because the government usually doesn't pull through and and i mean like how have you been impacted by all of the government stuff when it comes to the nitrogen tax and whatever like that like because that happened in canada yeah well so we don't we don't get affected because we don't really use that stuff we're old school just put it in the ground and spread a little bit of fertilizer on it but you know these big farmers that spend thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars on it i can only imagine that they're gonna they're gonna be impacted and then all our food prices are gonna go up and yeah it sucks yeah and i mean we've already even started to see the impact of that so yeah it just seems like the craziest thing like there you need food security and you need energy security in canada it seems to be trying to not only outsource it but like cripple our own yeah yeah yeah, well, I know here, last there was one month in the winter where I was paying fifteen hundred dollars for power. Crazy, you know? why? Like, how do you afford that? And yeah. aren't you half on solar power anyway? Well, we're yeah, we're kind of semi off the grid ish, sort of. But like, I would love to go to full solar. It's just not, it's not feasible up here. Yeah, especially in the winter. Yeah, for sure. It's not very sunny. Well, that takes us to the sales pitch of Panama. <laughs> Man, uh, honestly. Well, let's just give some context. <laughs> there's been more than a few messages of like, fuck, I want to move to Panama. No, it's going to happen. No, for sure. Like one day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, like maybe some properties like, well, 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 what could I get with this much money? And like, some like more than just like oh i wish i lived in panama so then i got mark involved and i was like listen (laughs) yeah i have a friend who and this is another thing too because like i think that some people are like well i'm gonna move to panama and have this like awesome life but like if you don't have useful skills like hard old school skills where you can use a hammer or you can keep livestock alive yeah like like fix a boat kind of thing then like you don't there's you what are you going to do? Like, it's just so wild to me that, yeah. So whenever there's somebody like you with like credentials, you've got skills, skills, you're somewhat of a desire to do it. Yeah. And passion for it. And we can offer you 12 hours of sun every single day. (laughs) (laughs) You can be completely off the grid. In fact, we actually just ordered Starlink. So in a couple couple of weeks, yeah, yeah. We're, so now we're not relying on like water. We're off like rainwater. We don't rely on power because we're solar. And then now we will be on satellite internet thanks to Father Musk. Yep. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. 
and you could be too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So our only bill right now will be the Starlink bill, and that's like fifty or sixty USD a month. 50. So it's fifty. So it's like it's that it. little. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Wow. And we get like a hundred and seventy megabytes of power or of power. Of, of internet or whatever. What? And then right now we pay double that for a for eight megabytes, which is just wild. So, but. Starlink isn't what's going to get you down here. I I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's what's going to get you down here. What's going to get you down here is he said, oh, yeah, the wife wants some land. Well, my friend, you can <laughs> buy land here for her. Yeah. And if you do it right, you could be like, oh, it's a fifth year wedding anniversary. So she can't even say no. It's like a surprise thing. And she just has to accept it. She just go with it. Like, here's where we're going to race up there and just move down there. Yeah. 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 I and, even got you like beachfront uh, property. There's coral out back. You can have an island. You can have a mountain. You could live in a volcano. What? <laughs> I think that would be a little warm for me, but uh, hmm. she might fit in there. I don't know. Yeah. No, we got to yeah. get you here. I, I think that it would be Whoa. amazing i think yeah i think too that like especially even me being here like the mornings we've seen kids be raised here where it's just like they're outside and they're exploring and yep. i mean even the local kids they're all just like so happy with the life that they have around them they don't need to be sitting on screens all day they don't need to be anything i saw this little girl and she was just sitting in in cayuca for like 25 minutes pretending to row the boat like, <laughs> oh my god i remember pretending to drive the car imagination car. <laughs> yeah yeah it's adorable no i find the worst thing up here is the friggin' electronics you know our our 15 year old has a has a phone now well try to tear that away from him it's like i don't know get it away from a badger and it, you know, obviously, we have rules that you can only use it for so long. But you just see these kids, no imagination at yeah. all. Yeah. Try to try to get them to build a fort or something. Like, hey, come on, let's go in the bush and we'll sleep in it. No, rather look at TikTok. What's no. the Wi-Fi password in the bush? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there Wi-Fi out there? <laughs> the worst. The worst. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so interesting watching kids come up nowadays. Like, do do you? What's your general vibe of the of the world right now? Oh, it sucks. Forty <laughs> k, we're on the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the warp. Okay, it's it's like the warp. Um, no, it's you know what? It's been horrible. I'm pretty sure it's been, it might be a little worse now because of social media, but the world's always been crap. Right? Yeah. We just see it because of social media and then they can push their agendas on us. And what do you do? Just got to just buckle down and deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep your head down and try not to fucking get spotted. Yeah. Uh parent in this world how do you try to instill your values in kids that age with a stick <laughs> no, no that um, bear the rod spoil the child exactly you know, right <laughs> that's what my dad said all the time i wondered why he hit me so much but i uh, too <laughs> i think the word you two are looking for is uh discipline which doesn't always have to be physical that's <laughs> my word <laughs> No, but yeah, that's um, the thing. Like, if you don't tell children what is right and what is wrong, and there are objectively right and objectively wrong things, yeah. 
they won't know and they just will do bad things. Well, so the other day we're sitting around with my mom and I can't remember what I told my kid, but she said, you know, don't do that. And I looked at her and I said, well, why shouldn't she? Well, just because. But mom, you can't just say just because. You know, I remember as a kid, you'd say, oh, hey, don't go do that. Well, now I'm going to do it because you didn't tell me why. Oh, man, that really hurt. You've got to got to teach these kids that, hey, if yeah. you stick your finger in that, it's going to get cut off. Don't do that. Yeah. 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 You got <laughs> Wow. So as a parent, you're saying you got to teach your children about the world. Hmm. Right. I know. It's crazy. You can't you just sit. Farmers have some crazy notions. Yeah. <laughs> crazy hillbilly. I've always been worried about you. All right. Lunatics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Far right. Yeah. All right. Hey, they're finding out. Oh, no. What am I going to do now? <laughs> do you think, oh, do you think Alberta should separate? You know, it's great in theory, and I don't, I don't agree with government at all. Yeah, they do great things, but <laughs> where would we go? Yeah, yeah. Like you get tied to America and their shit. Like, yeah, I don't want to be American. Wow. Like, come on, I'd be carry, I'd be able to carry a gun, which would be okay, but and be American, and and then we have to get our own military, and no, yeah. I. I also think get those farmers what, out. What we gotta do? Shit, let me tell you. We just gotta wait for the rest of Canada to crumble, and then when yeah. they're a broken mess, and I'll move back to Alberta, seize the glory. We can all be oil farmers again. <gasps> Make so much money. Yeah, what? that might work. That might work. It might take a while, though. I think you'll get uh, you'll get too planted there to come back, though. That's yeah. very, very possible. <laughs> yeah, I only have like a, a small radius of movement nowadays, and I, I, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Oh, I don't I blame you. I used to joke about living in like my community bubble where I like had McDonald's, I had a Shoppers, I had a Tim's, like I had a Walmart, everything that I needed. Now it's like, no, my island, my two acres is now my bubble, and that's it. <laughs> that's That's how it should be. Yeah. You got everything you need, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, thank you so, 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 so much. I feel like I learned so much. I will keep you posted. I really, really appreciate you kind of opening up. I feel like there are more, there needs to be more men like you in this world. And yeah, like I just, so we started this off and I asked you your principles or whatever, and you said, honesty integrity and truth and even just having the conversation with you the way you talk like as much as i make fun of your only numbers like you know i only have this many cattle but like you're not a salesman you're not trying to you know upplay something or you know if anything you're underplaying it's honesty it's like integrity it's like those little things that like even pick up in this small conversation yeah, I was going to make a joke about like that Canadian humility, but I don't even like I think this is you and how you've built your character out. And it genuinely shows shows in just like, I don't know how long it's been an hour and a half conversation. <laughs> so kudos to you, like Kira, lucky, lucky, lucky lady. Um, and the kids are lucky, too, because genuinely like having a parent with the values and morals and work ethic like you, it's invaluable. Well, all I can say is I'm just a guy just trying to do the right thing and don't really know what I'm doing half the time, but try my best. So thank you. I appreciate you having me on your show. 
Of course. No, it was a blast, man. Um, okay, so I've imparted on you near infinite 40k knowledge. If you have one tip for me for farming, uh, do you got something for me? Do I have something for you? There's so yeah. much that me specifically um, you know my kind of situation i got some chicken should i got i don't know should, more always get more always <laughs> get more okay always. okay that sounds like good advice to me i like it i like it i'll take that advice when it starts, when it starts getting hard just gotta just keep persevering that's it. <laughs> <laughs> get more chickens and when you think that's too many chickens just keep persevering through it and get more chickens yeah. Yeah. And then you can have the whole bunch of, you can have a big chicken farm. <laughs> I've already bad. told everybody around here that when the supply chains fail, I will be the one supplying everybody chicken. And when they call me crazy chicken lady, <laughs> like it's some funny joke, you're not on the list. You don't <laughs> get You get the bad chicken. Congratulations. <laughs> Are you only crazy chicken lady? Like what dictates a crazy chicken lady? Are they sleeping in the bed with you? I think it's a chick. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's this one live. Well, no, I think it's just like, it's probably the TikTok videos, I would assume. Yeah. I like get down with my chickens. I like lay on the grass yeah, with them. Yeah, I would say the hundreds of TikTok videos that you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's awful. Um, no, that was good. I like that. TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you again so much. We're really, really, really grateful. Um. Like, I know that you've kind of been following along this whole time. You you were talking to me while we were trying to get out of Canada. You've followed along for all of the chicken drama. So I really, <laughs> really, really genuinely, genuinely appreciate you, your support, your advice, your friendship, all of it. Well, yeah, you guys are awesome. You know, it's so it's so good to see you just doing what you want to do and being like, you know what? We're going to do this anyways. And now look at you. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. proud of you guys. You just you give me Kira's number and we'll talk to her. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. If you want to reach out, feel free to email us at pillowtalkwithmarkmb at gmail.com. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at pillowtalkwithmarkmb. And if you want to support the show, uh, you can support us on Patreon at pillowtalkwithmarkmb. Just throw us a buck or there's one-time donations in the link, like episode descriptions below. Do you have any shout outs for you, Justin? Yeah. What's your Instagram handle yeah. so they can see exactly what you mean by a hanging carcass? <laughs> uh, no, I just want to I want to say thanks for letting me on here, guys, and give a shout out to my wife, Kira, and my sister, Jessica, and all my little rug rats. And, uh, <laughs> Get to bed, no. kids. Get to bed, kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks again, Justin, so, so much. Adios. Welcome back. We are doing some 40k talk. I like this. For the first time, B doesn't have to listen to me if she doesn't want to.
<laughs> so, man, like, I feel like I've been out of the 40K game for a long time. And, like, all these crazy things have happened. Like, have you been following the lore much? Like, with Lionel Johnson returning and stuff? Yeah, a little bit. Like, I got, I've been reading, well, listening to the audiobooks and kind of getting into that. And, you know, and then everything I got from Warhammer. Um, but, like, all these guys coming back. And next thing you know, friggin', you know, Horace will come back. And <laughs> Don't I just, get dead, but they'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they might. You never know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. They're just trying to. They're trying to make money, and I, I get that. The models yeah. look for weed, but it, is it that the worst part about it? It's like, god damn, that's a sick model. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd. And the new Tyranids, they're pretty cool too. Yeah, like yeah. Them, but uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to back uh, in. Vashtar guy, like the leader of the Soul Forge in the Dark Mechanicum or something. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty cool looking. Um, yeah. I don't know, like when I first got into Warhammer, it was the Dark Elves and Black Templar box set. Oh yeah, so however, however long ago that was, and yeah. I remember my my mom, my dad, making me give up the Dark Elder because they're well you know debaucherous and <laughs> real bad oh yeah and you know i've collected a little bit here and there but it's mostly just the lore stuff that i i enjoy yeah um i have a real cool i was listening to was it the first heretic yeah there's a, part, there's a part in there where they're on the ship bridge and there's like this big black entity and the guy says you know if you look around you're gonna die and of course people start throwing up and i think it'd be really really cool to try to make a diorama of that but that would be cool like how <laughs> i don't know like little uh small pvc pipes for gantries and i don't fucking know well you're you're like the artsy one <laughs> yeah you're the creative one here we, okay, so what we got to do is we got to scroll through Instagram until we find something we like that we got to steal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That first Heretic book is a great book, man. Um, yeah. Probably one of my favorite that I read. Oh, it's and it's so like, it's dark, but you see, and it's not like the typical, you know, space marine, haha. It's like, I'm going to cut you and I'm going to skin you alive kind of stuff. And it shows like how they change and well, yeah, they did a really, really couple good. really great characters like the one custode guy. He's super cool and uh, yeah, yeah. What was his name? Uh, Don't remember. It's been probably like ten years since I've read it, but yeah, it was. And I'm listening to Betrayer right now with uh, yeah, Karn. I think his name is yeah the the world eater. Like I like I don't like. I'm more into not just space marines because, you know, everybody, oh, yes, honor and other horror, which is great. But like, sure. you want to see you want to see how these people fall and what makes them change. And yeah. 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 My my thought that I've been thinking a lot with 40K is like, uh, you know, even we've talked about now the two distinct settings of 40K. We flip between 40K and 30K. Um. I, I feel like GW should have made a 42K or a 45K 
when Primaris came out, they came out with a third setting. And it's like, you know, now it's a different era, a different type of mentality. It's more like an age of hope or an age of redemption, maybe. Um, because that's maybe age of building stuff back up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you can still kind of choose, like, you know, what's nice about Horace Heresy, it's almost like uh it's almost like reading a history book. It's very factual sometimes, and like that's kind of how it's presented. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then no, I... go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, and then you got like 40k, which is like what me and you grew up in coming from third edition Black Templar Dark Eldar box sets. Um, where yeah, it's like the chaos of 40k, it's not a good time, it's the stalemate, no one's coming out on top. Um but yeah, as they advance the plot, like if they came out with a 45k, you could market that then for like beginners. It's like this new kind of thing. It the game mechanics are easy. And then 40K is kind of medium level. And then 30K is like advanced level. And you could kind of have your three different game systems for three different types of people. You have your three different eras. And yeah, that's my thought. That'd be kind of cool for sure. I think like where they are now in the universe, they definitely have to progress it because it seems like, I don't know, this, uh, the new box set with the, the Tyranids or whatever, Leviathan, seems like it's all kind of being 40k and getting stale but they still want to you know keep it within the universe and yeah and that's the problem they're they're not committing it's like they're trying to advance it but not where if they jumped it to 45k then they could actually advance it while keeping 40k the way it is yeah and just keep it like a 40k storyline like a history and then progress future thing where oh hey everybody's not dead and look we're not killing so many people or more people. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Oh, sweet 40K. How I miss you. You don't Me? have any of your stuff there? Or? Uh, I have one army down here that I've been working on, but uh, just shipping stuff down here can be kind of a situation. I've lost some packages, and in losing those packages, I also lost hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Well, you know what they say about hope. <laughs> what do they say? Hope is the first step to despair. No. <laughs> yeah, so I don't want that to sink in. Uh, no. no. I've been doing a little bit down here, but like, you know, in Canada, it was like lunch break. I'm going to fucking Sentry Box and buying way too much. Like, how much money did I make today? Okay, I'm spending 50 bucks more than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's probably good you're down there then. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've lost a lot of nasty habits. Um so that's okay. But hey, uh yeah. this thing's gonna end here. This was a nice little 40k chat, man. I like it. Yeah. Good. I liked it too. <laughs> B, are you still around? I'm so happy that he gets people who care about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. So uh does your wife at all even dabble or she's like, I got seven kids, fuck off with that. If by dabble you mean she just looks at me and shakes her head and pretends that she knows what's going on, then yeah, totally. She's yeah, totally no, that's uh, that's it. I chalk that actually up to a good response from a woman. Um, yeah, yeah. No, she hasn't shut me out totally, totally just yet. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck! All right, everyone, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. See ya.